Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Wednesday evening, October 11th of the year 2017. As always, I am Thomas Bendit of BT Powerhouse, the manager and editor of the site. And we are continuing tonight with our 2016-17 Big Ten season preview series. We are continuing and moving westward. Last night we hit on Rutgers. Uh, That was our first season preview of the year. And tonight we are going to move into uh, the heart of Big Ten country, so to speak. I know New Jersey and New York allegedly is Big Ten country, but we're talking about the, the heart, and that is the state of Indiana. And we're heading out to Bloomington to talk about the Hoosiers, who are predicted to have a kind of mixed season so far. Um, but to join us to, to chat about Indiana and what's to come for Archie Miller, we have uh, Jordan Malley. Uh, Jordan, how's it going tonight? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Happy to, that you could uh, join us. This is the first time I think we're having you on our podcast. Um, so uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, just taking a second or two to talk about uh, what you do and uh, sort of your, your background with Indiana Hoops. Sure. So I, so I graduated from Indiana. I've been covering Indiana for probably about five seasons now. Um, it's pretty much full time. So I write for Hoosier State of Mind, the fan-sided Time Incorporated website, also for Busting bracket, Brackets, which is more of a college basketball-centered uh, site. But plenty of IU stuff is going to be going on there. Um, we have a couple guys that graduated from IU. So it's been a lot of fun to cover this team. I know this is kind of like a, a face changing uh, when you talk about IU basketball here with Tom Crean leaving, but I'm, I'm honestly really excited for this team. Um, you can follow me at, on Twitter too, if you want at Jordan C. Malley, but I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on guys. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. Um, you know, we're always looking for, for fun people to, to come on and chat about big 10 hoops. So uh, you fit the bill and, um, we're excited to have you on and we're excited to be talking about some real basketball here instead of, you know, maybe some FBI investigations or something. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. So, um, so we typically like to do our, our season preview in, in sort of a segment here or segmented fashion. And what I always like to do is sort of before we jump into this season, before we jump into the roster, talk a little bit about last year, which I'm not sure who's your fans want to hear a lot about, but you know, it sort of sets the table for, for what's to come. Um, the Hoosiers, obviously, they end up with a disappointing appearance in the NIT. They're projected by many to be one of the, the Big Ten favorites coming into the season. Unfortunately, they, they don't live up to the hype, you know, whether that's some injuries, whether that's some roster issues, you know, whatever. Um, they end up going 18 and 16 overall, 7 and 11 in the Big Ten. They finish around 44th in Ken Palm. As I mentioned, they end up in the NIT. Uh, Jordan, what, what do you make of last season? Obviously, it was a disappointment, but sort of uh, what do you think went wrong and sort of how do you think that translates as we move forward here? Yeah, I think this season, I think that past season for IU fans, especially where they started and the hype around this entire team, you know, you had Thomas Bryant coming back. You had some big key guys that are now, you know, entered the NBA. OG Ananobi, we were presuming was going to be healthy. This was supposed to be James Blackman Jr.'s breakout season. Um, so there was a lot of expectations for Indiana basketball and sort of kind of looking at Tom Crean and hoping that 
he was able to take that next step. Obviously, that Kansas win in the first game of the season was was amazing for the team. And then you go to the flip side two weeks later and you lose to Fort Wayne in probably one of Indiana's most embarrassing losses in, in, in decades. So there was a lot of that, and that kind of defined the season as a whole. And, you know, they didn't play well enough in, in Big Ten play. They let a lot of games get past them. Losing OG Ananobi was probably the biggest biggest part of all of this is – he he was the reason why Indiana was able to flow the way they the way they did and to score the amount that they did. He was he was eccentric to that defense too, and you saw when he he got injured, the defense fell apart. And at times, playing Big Ten teams that Indiana has, should have no problem with, they were getting blown out. So it was it was up and down. And to miss the tournament for Tom Crean was ultimately, you know, the end where people said that they, there needs to be a change. And it was a disappointment, but a lot of ups and downs last season. And I think Indiana fans got a taste of all of it last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was a really, really bizarre season overall. I, I think you're right with, with Anobi. I think his injury played into it a lot. But, I mean, how, how weird is it to have a team that, it, uh, I mean, I understand the Fort Wayne loss, but... Uh, you know, late December, they're like 10 and two. Uh, they had a win over North Carolina. They had a win over Kansas. Um, and, and to end up sitting in the NIT with those types of wins. I mean, North Carolina, obviously a pretty good team. They end up winning the national championship. Um, Kansas really, really close to making the final four as well. So, I mean, those are two just colossal wins and just the inconsistency really caught up with them. I think um, a lot of the, Specifically on the defensive side, I mean, Blackman could go off here and there, but just without Anobi, uh, there wasn't the same defensive force that I, I think fans were hoping for based on the previous season when, when Indiana won the Big Ten. So nonetheless, uh, you know, moving forward, you know, a new head coach coming in. Um, let's, let's spend a, a minute or two just talking about Archie Miller. Obviously, he's coming from Dayton. Uh, great track record of success there with the Flyers. But, you know, this is, a, this is a new animal, so to speak. You know, he's not going to be playing in, in the mid-major arenas. He's going to be, you know, on primetime TV here. High expectations for the Hoosiers. Um, what, what is Archie Miller uh, walking into here? And I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to go into, you know, what you think he's going to do in, you know, five years from now or something. But uh, what's the sort of mindset, do you think, uh, as, as Miller takes over this program? I think he understood from the day that he he arrived at Indiana that the fan base that is Indiana basketball is so much bigger and there's so much expectation behind that. And I think he understands that expectation. And he made it clear in his press conference, too, that a lot of the things that IU fans have been longing for and that we're longing for with Tom Crean that he was going to establish early, one of them being recruiting from inside out. And fans have been calling for that for years and years. And that's something that I think he's going to get a lot of fans to buy into. Another part of it is going to be, you know, his focus on defense too. I think as a co- as a head coach, somebody who focuses on defense and where IU the last three, four seasons, you, you, you don't see a very good defensive team out there. It's been a lot of offense and, you know, they're still getting, they still have a lot of guys that can do a lot of things in the offensive end, but I think bringing in a coach that's, you know, defensive minded and can do a lot with, with, with very little that he, he had, and you saw that at Dayton a lot. I think those expectations there are going to be tremendous. And I think uh, from what I've seen from the Indiana fan base, it looks like almost everybody has, has bought into this idea. And all I have to say is I'm so glad they made this hire 
before Ohio State decided to kick the can on Thad Mata because that would have been it would have been a no brainer for him. He even said Archie Miller even said that was one of his dream jobs. So I, I gotta say, you know, Indiana struck gold with this with this hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I think he's a great fit for the job. I think his you know record overall certainly speaks for itself, and he should come in here with a lot of momentum, a lot of excitement. Um, and we'll we'll chat here about what's maybe to come uh, in the first season in a, in a minute or two. But you know, before we get into sort of expectations for this season, how the roster is going to look, um, obviously there are some changes. You know, we talked last year was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, you know, maybe sometimes if if you end up in the NIT, you have a young team sort of uh, trying to gain experience. That that wasn't necessarily the case with Indiana. You know, they had some experienced players overall, pretty young. But uh, they are going to see some some major offseason attrition this year. You know, they're losing Blackman. They're losing Bryant. Um, what do you make of uh, some of these departures? And do you think uh, Indiana has the sort of uh, depth to overcome some of these? There, there's going to be a period of time here, probably in the first two, three months of the season, where Indiana's going to be searching for that identity that everything everybody wants to label a team with you know, this team is extremely offensive or whatever you want to put a label on them. I think that's where Indiana's going to sit. We're not going to really know sort of what this team is and where Archie Miller wants to go with it. Um, The talent on this team is actually is being overlooked by a lot of people. I think people are underestimating the amount of actual talent that Archie Miller is retaining. Guys like Jawan Morgan, uh, Deron Davis, I mean, uh, Josh Newkirk, He's coming back for his fifth year. And then, you know, the leadership in the locker room, too, with guys like Colin Hartman coming back for his fifth year. Um, there's, It's going to be interesting. And I think for, for a lot of reasons, people are overlooking Indiana because they see the three guys that entered the NBA draft. And those three guys ended up, you know, two, two out of the three of them made NBA rosters. So I think besides looking at the stars that Indiana had leave, uh, there's a lot of talent that Tom Crean left in Archie Miller's hands and Archie Miller brought in, you know, retained the three recruits that Tom Crean originally brought in. So that's also going to help to their depth. I think, I think overall though, the first couple months, we're just going to sort of be looking for that identity that this is that Indiana will show in, in the future too. I agree. You know, I, I think on paper, those three losses are, are certainly um, shocking, so to speak. Uh, maybe that's a little uh, hyperbolic there, but there's some, they're going to catch your attention. That's because, you know, Blackman, clearly the team's best offensive player last season. Bryant, probably the best defensive player, I, I would think. Uh, certainly his overall skill set up front helped significantly. Um, I think from at least contributions, you could say those are probably the top two guys. And then Anobi, who is, at least according to the NBA draft guys, was the most talented guy on the team, you know, obviously going in the first round. So, I mean, to lose those three guys, uh, that's a big hit. And those are not guys on paper that you just expect to replace in, you know, in a single season. I mean, replacing a guy like uh, Thomas Bryant, that's not, that's not easy to do. You know, we're talking about um, certainly from a recruiting perspective, some major, major prospects when they originally arrived, but, but yeah, I mean, I think in the long term though, you know, all of these guys did have some issues as well. You know, Anobi, uh, clearly, you know, he didn't even play most of last season due to injury. You know, I've, that's not his fault, um, but it's something to at least be aware of that, you know, the team kind of was already playing without him. Um, Blackman had his own injury issues, not exactly a lockdown defender. And then Bryant did have, uh, 
you know, he could disappear offensively for segments. So I, I think perhaps Archie Miller can sort of have more of a, a team approach, um, which I, I'm not trying to, you know, take shots at any of these guys. They were really good players for the Hoosiers. Um, but maybe you can get sort of evened out uh, contributions on both sides of the, of the floor uh, this season and going forward. Um, but as we move into the next season, you know, we've talked about some of the guys who are leaving, but of course there are new guys coming in. Uh, you mentioned this recruiting class, which looks like one of the Big Ten's better recruiting classes on paper. Uh, what do you make of this group? How do you think they're going to impact the roster this season? And is there anyone that you think could have a breakout year? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see, first and foremost, what they're going to do uh, with Race Thompson as far as, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, Thomas Bryant's leaving now. And that kind of opens up some holes as far as obviously Deron Davis is going. I would project him. He's going to start this year uh, alongside Juwan Morgan, but you're also going to need some depth there too. And you, you know, Indiana is guard heavy right now. And I don't know what type of style Archie Miller is going to want to play because you've got guys that can play the three and the four. You've got guys like, you know, Freddie McSwain who can, who can stretch it out a little bit, but you're going to need some kind of depth and, if he, if he feels that he's got enough on that roster, you might see Ray Thompson redshirt. We're not really sure at this point. But as far as like guys like Justin Smith, I think he's going to be awesome. Um, he, he plays at a school about 40 minutes from my hometown. And yeah. from the guys that I've talked in, in prep hoops that have covered him, um, he, they said you know he's a phenomenal athlete. He's an all-around player. He's the guy that's going to score a lot. So I'm excited to see him too. And, you know, Clifton Moore and – Al Durham, they're they're also nice pieces too. I mean, um, Archie Miller talked about Al Durham as part of that core that Josh New, he he wants Josh Newkirk to kind of teach Al Durham and some of these younger guys, some of these younger point guards to be be able to take that next step once he leaves. And if they don't get an elite point guard, say in the next recruiting class or two down the road, they're going to need these guys to step up and be legitimate starters. And I think that's where I think Josh Newkirk is very valuable to this team this year. But overall, I like the recruiting class and I like that race Thompson reclassified this year. I think that gives Archie Miller a ton of options uh, going forward this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the class too. I, I think it's one of the big Ten's deeper classes uh, two, four, seven, which, However much you buy into the their ratings or how they rate the classes, they have Indiana third in the Big Ten, which certainly speaks to some of the depth and talent in the class. I, I like all the guys. I think all of them can play at some point. The only thing I, w- I would note is I don't know if there's a guy who's set to necessarily uh, be a star in year one. You know, I don't know if there's a, a five-star you know, freak guy here. Um, but that isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we've seen plenty of Big Ten players who weren't elite recruits end up having phenomenal careers. Um, but this is a class that I think is going to be really good depth-wise. I think it's a lot of guys who can play minutes early on. The only question is, you know, are they going to be the type of guys who see five minutes a game or are they going to see 15 minutes a game? Um, that's going to be something interesting to watch. I think I agree. I think Smith's the guy to watch this year. He certainly looks like he has the most potential on paper, which which should be interesting. Um, but with that, uh, we sort of have our roster set here. Uh, you know, who's out, who's in. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, this season, some of the concerns that you might have about this team. What what are you encouraged by? Um, sort of what are, what are some of the top things that fans should be excited about? What are some of the biggest things fans should be worried about as we enter the season? Yeah, I think the first thing that fans should be excited about is Deron Davis. 
you know, we saw we saw bits and pieces of Deron Davis last season. He came in as a freshman, was the best player in Colorado. He came in as a guy that you thought, with the mindset that Tom Crean was going to stay there, that you knew Tom Crean was able, you know, Tom Crean has a, a past of being able to develop big guys. And when you see Deron Davis mm-hmm. come in and his, his work with Thomas Bryan as well, both of those guys together you thought were going to be dominant. And he didn't use Deron Davis as much throughout the season. And it's towards the end of the season we got a better look at him. And from what I saw from him, he's going to be a dominant offensive piece. And I'm curious to see if Archie Miller kind of run the same way, uh, sort of try and run the offense more low. He's not a type of guy that's going to step out and take the three or anything. He's got a pretty decent mid-range shot, but he's more of a back-to-the-basket kind of grinder underneath. He's going to be a guy that I would hope that this year explodes on the boards and and is, you know, if not Indiana's best rebounder this season and best defenders. So that's going to be a lot of really interesting to watch. I think something to be concerned with would be just the overall youth on this team. Um, Remember, there's a lot of freshmen and a lot of sophomore on on this team. I think it's about 75%. Like I said, there's five guys that are seniors this year. Um, That's going to help. But I think when you watch some of these games, there are going to be nights where nothing's clicking and you might see a blowout by 2025 and that might happen. So I think patience and let Archie Miller kind of, coach these guys and just be very patient in this first year as we transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, uh, sort of the things that fans should be excited about going into this season. I think the first is, is there's a new head coach. I mean, we don't know how Archie Miller is going to turn out. We don't know if it's going to be success in year one or year two or, or whether it'll be a success at all. But I think anytime you have a new coach in there, who's going to shake things up a new voice in the locker room, I think that alone can sometimes elicit improvement. Maybe that's my, just my own theory. Um, but I think the new, there is some merit to the, the new coach uh, impact in year one. So I, I think that's something, you know, maybe he can figure out a way to some rotate some guys into positions where they, they just have a little more success than they used to under the old uh, tenure. And uh, that isn't Absolutely. a shot at Tom Crane. I just, I think sometimes you see that a lot of times with new coaches, they can just shake things up. So I, I think that's something to be excited about. I think the other thing is, is I don't think Indiana necessarily has a star player. And this is sort of a, one of my personal opinions, but I think you have to have a star player to compete at the top of the big 10. And I will challenge people. If you don't think you do uh, go look for past big 10 teams that have been at a top 25 level without like an all conference type player. And you're going to find a whole lot of nothing. Um, you need a, a star player to compete at the highest level. And I'm not sure if Indiana has that, but they have a group of players that are, are proven at this level. They may not necessarily, again, be guys who get you very excited and hyped, but you know, you mentioned they're going to have Johnson back. They're going to have Newkirk. Those are both guys who've proven they can play um, in the big 10. They can be productive. They're not going to destroy a game, so to speak. Um, so you have some stuff to build around uh, heading into this season. And I think, I think the other thing to really be excited about is there is talent on this roster. Um, you know, if you look to some of the other situations in the Big Ten where a new coach is coming in, you know, Illinois, Ohio State, they had to struggle to just fill, fill out the scholarship chart. Indiana did not have this issue this year. Uh, they have a lot Illinois of Illinois looks really bad. Yeah, Illinois is I- thin, very thin. Um, 
And Indiana, they don't have that. Now, again, they, they may not have that all Big Ten or five-star type of guy, but they have a guy at every spot. They have depth at every spot. Um, and particularly that front court with Morgan and Davis, I think can be very good if both those guys develop right this year, which we'll have to see. They've both been a little inconsistent overall, but, um, you know, we'll see. I, so I, I think there's things to be excited about. Um, on the, the other side, uh, things that should be a concern. The first is, as I mentioned, there is no proven star on, on this roster. I don't see it. You know, maybe you mentioned Davis. Maybe he's a guy who can sort of elevate his game this year. I mean, he was obviously just freshman last year, so there's plenty of room to grow. But um, Yeah, I'd like I don't, to touch on that for a second. Yeah, sure. I'd like to touch on that for a second. So I think out of anybody, if you're looking for a star on this roster – I think the guy that you've got to look at is Robert Johnson. He's the guy that was kind of left, you know, he entered the NBA draft early on last season. He entered with OG, he entered with Blackman, and he entered with Bryant. And that was sort of a guy that for a while there, I thought, okay, he's not going to return. It doesn't matter what's going to go on here. He's not going to come back. I was surprised when I wonder what he was told at these NBA combines early on and kind of what he saw and how he can develop to sort of increase his NBA draft stock. And that could help Indiana a ton because he could be the guy that's the star now. And for a lot of last season, he had to be the go-to score when Blackman wasn't on. Blackman was hurt. When OG went out, there, there had to be some type of reliable scoring option. And Robert Johnson was that. So if there's anybody to take that next step in his senior season, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at Robert Johnson as your star. But it would be an, it, it's interesting to see whether or not he actually pans out to be that or if he's kind of your guy that's going to give you 14 to 16 a night rather than 25 to 30. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Um, personally, I don't know if I, I would tab him, um, but he, he certainly is probably the most proven returner, I would say for sure. Um, the one thing is just you do wonder how much sort of meat is left on the bone, so to speak, um, coming back as a, as a senior. But, yeah, I mean, maybe he's a guy who the new coaching can really elevate his game uh, to the next level. But I, I do think, you know, that's, to me, a, a red flag that shoots out if you're wondering – can Indiana make the NCAA tournament? Can they sort of compete with some of the top end big 10 teams? I think that's something um, that pops out. I think as well, um, uh, the front court, I, as much as it, as good as it could be, I think there's a chance that some of these guys don't develop extremely well, um, which would be a little bit of concern. They obviously have Davis, they have Morgan, who I think are going to be your two starters, but Behind them, there are a lot of question marks. We've seen a lot of inconsistency out of these guys. Uh, you know, a guy like McSwain, a guy like uh, McRoberts. There's a lot of uh, question marks there. So I, we don't know how those guys are going to perform. And as well, uh, you know, how, how are some of these guys going to take a step forward? You know, as you talked about Johnson, um, he's obviously one of the more proven guys. But, you know, a guy like Green, a guy like Jones, can they improve or are they going to be more of what they were last year? I don't know. Uh, a lot of these guys are coming off of freshman or sophomore seasons. So on paper, they should improve, but you know, we'll have to wait and see. So I would say those are some of the, the concerns um, that I would have, but you know, we'll, we'll have to see. There's a, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, but as we continue forward here, you know, we talked about some of the, the roster additions and subtractions, some of the things to be excited about, some to be worried about. Um, one of the things I, I like to talk about is who's sort of going to be the top guy. And I know we talked about uh, the stars a little bit here. Um, 
So do you, do you think at the end of the season, it, it's going to be Robert Johnson as sort of the, the top guy for the Hoosiers? I would probably think so. I think if you're talking in terms of scoring and just overall produ- production, I would assume that Robert Johnson is probably that guy now, barring barring no injury. I think a guy that could be close second is, like we said, Jawan Morgan. But health yeah. is a big, big factor for him. And, I mean, he's been out through the last two seasons battling injuries. We haven't seen a full season of Jawan Morgan completely healthy. So that's where I think – if he can stay healthy and stay on the court all season, he could be another guy that you see a lot of offensive production from. So between those two guys, I would like to see two. It depends on how much Archie Miller uses his young guys, and that's gonna, what it's going to come down to. And you talked about lack of depth uh, in the front court. That's where I think you know guys like Justin Smith and Freddie McSwain Jr. Um, and even Clifton Moore, a lot of those guys, I'm going to be interested to see how, many, how much playing time they get and who, does, who ultimately beats each other out because – with some options now, especially young guys going forward with Archie, it's going to be interesting because you've got Deron Davis and, and Juwan Morgan locked up probably as your starters, and then you've got a lot of room on that bench. Plus, you've got Colin Hartman, too, to add in that mix. So you've got four forwards right there that you could get a lot of production from. So, But to, to talk about the highest level of production for Indiana, I would say look at Juwan Morgan or Robert Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think those are the two guys uh, to keep an eye on. I, I think those two are – uh, your prime candidates. I, I think Davis could sort of have an outside shot here. And, and maybe, you know, a guy like Green or Jones can take a step forward. I think those are certainly um, less likely, um, but who knows? You know, always there's always a shot. But I, I, the one thing I, I did want to touch on a little bit with Morgan, I, I sort of have him slated as the guy who I think is going to end up taking this. But the biggest thing he's going to have to work on this year, in my opinion, is – staying out of foul trouble, staying on the floor. Um, We talked about some of those depth concerns up front and who knows, maybe these are just false concerns and a guy like Smith or um, uh, McSwain will come in and and really elevate their game so that these really won't be an issue. But um, Morgan late in the year when he played most of his minutes did have a lot of trouble with fouls. You know, maybe some of these are, are coming a little bit late, but, uh, he, you know, he, they really need him to stay on the floor if, if he's going to be a productive player this season. So I, that's one thing that I think could sort of derail him in this discussion uh, <laughs> or category. I completely as as, agree uh, with you. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think there's a lot of games in the big – there was a lot of games in the Big Ten where Juwan Morgan, you know, you would go into halftime and Juwan Morgan's already got three fouls. And that was, yeah. that was a lot of heart for when he was on the floor and when he was healthy. And that's why a lot of people, I think, had concerns with him last year when – he was going out there and playing and wondering, are you 100% healthy? Because there were some really, there were some really stupid balls that he was making early on, and that's why people kind of questioned that. But I think you're, you're completely right, completely spot on on that. Yeah, so I, I think that's the thing to watch with him because I, I really do think he's the guy where a lot of the season's going to hinge on, on if he's in foul trouble or not on a nightly basis. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be between Morgan and Johnson and, and we'll have to see how it, how it unfolds. But um, as we move from that, um, I wanted to touch on a little bit here on Indiana's schedule coming into this season. Um, there, there has been criticism for, for quite a few years on how Crean has decided to organize his non-conference schedule. Um, been very uh, top heavy, not a lot of uh, intermediate depth, so to speak. Um, this is the first year where uh, Miller is sort of having a little bit of impact. I know it's hard to really impact the schedule too much in just one off season, but 
Um, specifically with regards to the non-conference schedule, um, is there anything that pops out to you here? I mean, they get Seton Hall on the road, they're getting Duke, um, and some teams like Eastern Michigan, Indiana State. Um, anything that pops out to you as, as the Hoosier Center this season? Yeah, I think I think you said it there. The, the Duke game is going to be massive. I think out of anything, that's probably the one you're going to look, you know, the most forward to. And it's early on in the season, too. Duke's coming to Bloomington. The 930 game, it's go- going to be on ESPN. This is kind of where the entire country is going to get their first look at the, the, the revamped Hoosiers. And this would be kind of a coming out party for Archie Miller if they could find a way to stay in this game. Do I think that they're probably they're going to be Duke? Probably not. But Indiana is extremely, extremely tough to beat at Assembly Hall. And, you know, that was under Tom Crean pressured teams, too. And Indiana has that track record of being really good at home. So I think I think they can stay in this game. This will be something to be highlighted. Other than that, I don't see too many other, you know, non-conference games that sort of excite me. I think the one thing too, you can look at the Notre Dame game that they're going to play in the crossroads classic. Um, that one's always kind of fun to look at, but Notre Dame's going to have a nice team too. So they're going to have some challenges early on, I think. And this is going to be good for this Hoosiers team. who kind of really get a good glimpse at what Archie Miller can do against some big time programs and the talent that he's got around him early. I agree. I, I think this is a schedule that you can really build a lot of momentum with. If you hit the ground running, you mentioned that Duke game. That's certainly going to be a, a huge opportunity in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. You know, that's for a lot of people, at least that I know, that's sort of the first week that the attention turns to college basketball, you know, with, with the main college football games wrapping up the, the previous week. Um, so I, I think that will be a, a big opportunity for him to make a statement. And, you know, they get that road game against Louisville, which – who knows what to expect out of the cards uh, after all this off-season drama. So that that maybe game is looking a little bit easier than it did before. I don't know. We'll see. Um, the Notre Dame game, as you mentioned, should be a, a challenging one as well. And the the rematch with Fort Wayne uh, will will probably turn some heads. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I I think this is a, a non-conference schedule uh, that should provide some marquee matchups. And and the one thing I would say is. I don't think this is uh, any weird manipulate or excuse me. I don't think he's trying to manipulate anything with this schedule. Uh, couldn't say that for some reason, but uh, <laughs> I, I think this will add uh, a lot of opportunities for, for Indiana to get rolling. And I won't, I won't ask you to, to go through the whole big 10 schedule here game by game, since we, we kind of all know what to expect, um, but they do, you know, they get Ohio state twice, um, I'm trying to see uh, who else they get Michigan State twice. Um, anything that pops out to you about the Big Ten slate, or is it just kind of game by game here? Honestly, this is where, where it gets kind of intriguing. So once once Indiana gets into regular Big Ten play, obviously it, there's going to be some Big Ten games that are going to be played pretty early the first week of December. They're yeah. going to get Michigan and Iowa but and Wisconsin right off the bat, three pretty decent teams. But I look at Indiana's schedule through through uh, late January and February. There's a lot of winnable games here, and especially if this team is rolling and it's better than we expected it to be and guys are playing on all cylinders, 
I think there's a lot of a lot of winnable games here, and they have one of the easier schedules in the Big Ten this year. You know, like you said, they're they're going to get they're going to get Michigan State twice. They're going to get Purdue only once, which is good. You get an, a, a new revamped Illini team, you get twice. Though that should be two wins right there. You're going to get Rutgers once, Nebraska. Some of these lower end teams that I think Indiana can hang around with. And the, the biggest part is playing these two big games. One being Purdue and Michigan Michigan State being the other. Playing those at home is going to be pretty key, too, if they want to win these games. Also, Northwestern, who's going to be sneaky good again this year. Um, playing them at home, again, I think that home court advantage, too, is going to be a lot of help. But the the, the depth and the toughness of the the Big Ten schedule for Indiana, I don't think it is as hard as some of, the, some of these other teams in the conference. Mm. So that's where I can say, you know, it, it might get interesting come Big Ten time, depending on what they do uh, in their non-conference season. Yeah, I, I totally agree with with that portion. Um, I, I personally, I, I think it's a little bit of a it's a little challenging of a of a schedule here. But I, I guess it depends on what you you think of some of the the lower ish teams, quote unquote, and some of the teams, you know, like, for instance, in Iowa or a Penn State, whether you think they're going to take a step forward or not. Um, you know, Indiana plays at Iowa this year. Well, excuse me, they get a double play against Iowa and then they play, you know, Penn State at home. So some of those types of games, it's really going to be telling. And, and the big question, I think, is going to be, what does Indiana do with some of those, those winnable games? I mean, last year, they, they let a lot of those winnable road games slip away. You know, the Minnesota game, they were close in. The Iowa game in overtime. Um, Northwestern, even. That was, I guess that wasn't super competitive, but they were in it a little bit. And the Maryland game as well, you know, just – pop up here I, I I think it's games like that where you know they need they need to close a couple of those out if, if they're going to manage the schedule because otherwise I mean a double play against Michigan State a double play against Minnesota those are four tough games right off the bat and that doesn't even include you know Purdue who's obviously going to be geeked up for Indiana and and some of the other games here but I think it's I think it's manageable if the Hoosiers are um, improved if if they're sort of what they were last year it's going to be tough but uh, but we'll see. You know that's that's why the games are played. I guess. Um, but, I think you're uh, right about the this. I think you're right about the the double plays against Michigan State and also against you know the one against Purdue and also hosting Maryland. You you said it right there. There's four or five games right there that are probably going to be lost. The Michigan State team. There's going to be probably no competition in those games. I mean, Michigan State is far and above. I think the best team in the Big Ten. So you're right about that. Those hard schedules. That's why I'm looking at the games that, like you said, Indiana should win. The lower conference, the, guy, the teams in the lower conference, the bottom four or five teams, those are winnable games. And that's why I think fans should be so intrigued with Archie Miller and seeing kind of what he's going to do in-game. Because that was the biggest complaint with Tom Crean, I feel like, all around, was people complained about how he coached in-game. And that was one of his biggest downfalls, was his in-game coaching. He made decisions that at the right at sometimes did not work. And, you know, frankly, fans got fed up with it. So I think with a new look in the coach, that's going to some, something to be, you know, something to keep your eye on or in the early part of the season is how Archie Miller handles these games down, you know, late in seven minutes left, five minutes left in the game. See, kind of see how this team reacts to, you know, close games down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to watch. And, and that's, that's the one thing I, I guess is always true about the Big Ten. You know, there's so many games where, uh, you know, you have to work every night. You know, this isn't like the, you know, the SEC or maybe the Pac-12 where 
you get some quote unquote off nights. I mean, every night is a work night and, and we'll see what the Hoosiers can do. But um, one thing I, I did want to hit on a little bit is uh, the starting lineup. I know we've dove into it a little bit and Indiana's probably has one of the easier to predict in the big 10, but um, on, on opening night here for the Hoosiers, who, who do you expect to be in the lineup and sort of where, where are you watching um, in the starting lineup for Indiana? Yeah, I think you look at, I, and this is where I'm curious too, whether Archie Miller decides to go with three guards, two forwards, or two guards, three forwards. I would assume, I would assume with Colin Hartman, Deron Davis, and Juwan Morgan, he'll probably start the season with three forwards and two guards, and then let Josh Newkirk and Robert Johnson play the two guards. So you got Newkirk and Johnson in, in your backcourt, and then in your front court you've got, uh, you've got. Deron Davis, Juwan Morgan, and Colin Hartman. Now those things could change. There could very easily be changed, but those are kind of your your leaders as far as those positions go. Like you said, it's not it's not really that hard to predict. Now where it gets interesting is if they do go to three guards, it'll be interesting to see who comes off the bench, whether that ultimately becomes Colin Hartman's job or they start with Juwan Morgan on the bench. It's that's kind of hasn't really been decided, but. If they do go three guards, then I'd like to say it's probably going to be Devontae Green or Curtis Jones probably getting some time in the starting role, especially early. It sort of depends on the way Archie Miller is going to go. So, But if I had to make a bet on it, I would, I would bet that you see Newkirk, you see Johnson, you see Deron Davis, Juwan Morgan, and Colin Hartman to start the season. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I think Newkirk and Johnson are your guys in the backcourt. I think Hartman's going to be on the wing, and I think Morgan and Davis are your front court. And the the biggest place I'm watching is that uh, that front court, just because I want to see how the depth develops and I want to see what some of these young guys can do. Because I I don't think Indiana necessarily has a, a superstar who's going to be an impact guy on day one, but I think they have a lot of interesting guys who can develop in their late in their first year and their second year. So maybe they can uh, push for some some minutes up front, even with what is a a talented group there. But um, but with that, we get to the the fun part here, which is sort of season predictions, overall thoughts. Um, what what do you make of the Hoosiers this season? What are they going to do in the Big Ten? Uh, do they make the postseason? And if they do, where do you where do you think they end up on Selection Sunday? Yeah. So after after what was a ridiculous season last year, just from what was going on on court to the off court issues. And that's something we didn't even touch on is towards the end of the season with IU not even wanting hosting the NIT game, sort of the, like I said, the roller coaster that was Indiana basketball. I think it's going to be refreshing. Like you said, to finally have a new coach, a, a different direction, a new face. And with that, I think the expectations are relatively low from where I, where I see it across the board from experts and people talking about Indiana basketball, and I think that's good as far as Archie Miller coming in. If your expectations are low, and I think Indiana can far exceed that, I don't. To be honest with you, I don't see them making the tournament this year. You know, I could be wrong. They could play way better than than we think they they're going to. But for me, I think a, a season where Archie Miller, you really see some type of construction and what he wants to do with the team and in the, the overall growth of the young guys that are going to stick around till next season where I think you're going to really see that jump but ultimately I don't see them making the NCAA tournament now that could change very quickly but the overall growth and development it's going to be exciting to see this and see some of these young guys actually get out get out there and play 
And for one thing, I, I'm going to love seeing a team that can actually play some defense for once because it, <laughs> it was it was tough watches last season at, at some of those stretches where IU was going on 12, 14 runs against themselves and couldn't play defense against the chairs. So that's going to be also refreshing to look at. But at the end of the day, I think the Hoosiers missed out slightly. Um, but I, I'm hoping for I'm I'm hoping to be to be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you again. I I think the Hoosiers are going to fall short on Selection Sunday, and it's it's not because I I think this is going to be a bad team. I think they'll be all right. I think they might actually end up being even slightly better than last year. But I, I think the big challenge is, is, like I said, and I know I've said this 50 times on this podcast and many more before it, but you got to have a star player if you're going to be a top team. You just do. And I don't know if Indiana has that. This year, I, I will say, may I, I would be shocked if they have a first-team All-Big Ten guy this season. You know, Maybe they can get a second team. But um, I, I don't see the, the superstar sort of jumping out. And I think you need one to carry you in some of those big games that you need for your resume. You know, they need to upset a Michigan state. They need to upset a Purdue if they're going to end up on selection Sunday, because unless they're going to win every game, they quote unquote should win. They're going to need some upsets to sort of counter out, um, you know, maybe some rough losses here and there. So I ultimately, I think they fall short. I think they're going to finish above the top four or so teams in the big 10. So I think they will be somewhere around seventh. Um, seventh, eighth, uh, somewhere around that that category in the right in the heart in the middle, and then it's really going to depend on uh, you know how tiebreakers sort out whatnot for for where they land in in the standings Absolutely. for the Big Ten tournament. But um, I think they fall short. I think they have a good shot at the NIT though, which I'm sure does not get Hoosier fans excited. But I think this is a season <laughs> that's really um, going to build for the future and. Uh, um, fans should be excited about what's to come. I just, I think it's going to take a recruiting class or two to really, you know, find some, some top tier guys here, um, under Archie Miller. But, but with that, Jordan, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, is there, first off, do you have any final thoughts on the Hoosiers years before we let you go? And second, where can people check out your stuff? Sure. The last thing I wanted to say too, and which we didn't get into at all is, I think, for one, speaking as somebody who might be in the minority of Hoosiers fans, people who covered Indiana, but I think overall, from a national perspective, I think it looks like Tom Crean got an unfair shake here at Indiana. And there was a lot of times where he didn't look like the best best coach for the job, but the guy's a phenomenal person, a phenomenal recruiter, too. And he just does things the right way. People, you know, besides the memes and everything else that goes around about Tom Crean, I hope he lands on his feet somewhere. And I think he's going to be excellent with a program. The pressure here at Indiana is unreal to, to succeed and to succeed right away. And you're never, you're never going to satisfy the entire fan base. I think the amount, the, the amount of wins he put up early and the way he was able to, to turn the program around so quickly and then it kind of fell short with some of the players' expectations, injuries. Um, I think that's where Tom Crean got a bad shake. But I'm excited for Archie Miller, and I'm ready to go. And I just want to say that about Tom Crean. And, you know, hopefully it looks like there's some pretty big programs that might have opportunities for him to land back on his feet. And I hope he does because he's, like I said, a phenomenal recruiter and phenomenal person. I'm with you. I, I think Crean was a, was a great guy. I think just – just didn't work out um, for whatever the reasons may be. And uh, 
We'll see where he lands. Uh, it seems like, you know, based on this FBI investigation, there's going to be a lot of openings soon. So uh, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see what happens. But uh, Jordan, where, where can people check out your stuff? Yeah, sure. So if you want to check out my writing, uh, all college basketball, you can go to bustingbrackets.com. I've got an article coming out about Rick Pitino and some comments he made about player eligibility of the NBA right before these investigation went public. So if you want to check that out, you can go to Twitter at Jordan C. Malley. Um, I do a podcast about the Chicago Bulls. If you're an NBA fan, check that out. It's at, at the Debatables. We're live on Dash Radio. Download the app. Anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us at the Debatables. It's a lot of fun. That's also in a rebuild, too. So if you're an NBA fan, go ahead and check that out. But I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited for the season, and I look for, forward to another great season of Big Ten basketball. Excellent, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, as a as a reminder to everyone, that's Jordan Malley. He does some work for Fansided, as he mentioned. He he also covers the NBA Chicago Bulls. So a great follow. Highly recommend checking him out on Twitter as we move forward. But with that, that's going to be the end of our Indiana preview tonight. I strongly encourage everyone to continue to check out BT Powerhouse as a site. There is a ton of great stuff on there right now, previewing the conference, our player rankings, and the team previews, my monster team previews, are coming shortly. So stay tuned. Those will be launching here shortly. And uh, thanks again for everyone checking us out. You can follow BT Powerhouse on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, or as uh, I believe Bill Belichick calls it, the InstaFace. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at T Bendit, and we'll see you all next time.